Hey, welcome home, everybody. You are watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We are so honored and blessed to have you in the house today. And we've got an awesome series of broadcasts that are coming up. Early in this year, Sarah and I were invited by Brother Andrew Womack, who most of you are probably familiar with. Awesome ministry out of Woodland Park, Colorado. They invited us to come meet them in Phoenix, Arizona, to be a part of his Gospel Truth Seminar there. And we had an amazing time with them. Such favor, such unction and anointing on the Word of God, such an anointing on the music that Sarah ministered there. We really felt strongly about bringing that home and showing it to you. So today we're going to begin looking at some of the sessions and the services that came out of the Gospel Truth Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to talk about casting all our cares. You and I were not built to live this life carrying the care. No, Jesus invited us to cast all of that onto him, knowing that he cares for us. And specifically in the broadcast that we begin today that's going to carry us over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the cares that get in and start to choke the word of God in our life. You know, when you let the cares of this world get in you, it makes the word of God of no effect. Everything that the word is able to do is cut short when you let the care get in. So let's go right now to these services that were in Phoenix, Arizona. Talk about casting all our care and not letting the cares get in. You're going to be blessed. Let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 5 where we began this morning. And I want to read again our text beginning in verse 5. You younger, he said, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility. Why? Because God resists the proud. But what else does he do? He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, or in light of that, humble yourselves. That's good advice, isn't it? You find out that God resists the proud, find out that God can have nothing to do with somebody who is self-righteous, has to remain at arm's length from that individual, cannot involve himself in their lives. You find something out like that and you think, well, I don't have time for that. I do not have time in my life, my marriage, my family, or my ministry to do any of this without the help of God. There's no time for it. So what's the answer to it? If you don't want to get resisted, humble yourself, he said. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How do you do that? Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. This is how we humble ourselves, by casting our care. You realize that humbling yourself before God involves a lot more than saying, God, I humble myself. That's a good start. But now prove it. Do something about it. How do you humble yourself? Well, according to the scripture here and other places, you do that by casting all your care on him. So if casting your care is humility, you remember what we established this morning, what is carrying your care? It's pride. It's you saying, I got this, when really you don't got this. And that is pride's motto. That's something that is built in, born in to the nature of man, that unrenewed, unborn again nature is to want to 
is, is to want to produce everything they've got, wants to earn everything they've got, wants to work, wants to sweat, wants to bleed, wants to be able to point at a pile of stuff and say, look what I did. That's born into man. And man looks at what he accomplished. He looks at what he is able to save, what he is able to earn, what he is able to make. And notice that's the word we use. I have to make a living. I have to make a deal, make a living, make, make. It's upon me to make it, make it, make it. And man wants to be able to look at what he has made and say, look what I did. And we wear these things like a crown. We wear these things like a crown, a crown, our, 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 our crowning achievements, our crowning accomplishments. And yet it's this mentality that has kept God at arm's length, though he desires more than anything to involve himself in your life, to get involved with you and to take over if you'd let him and to be a help to you, help on a level that you're not familiar with outside the help of the Holy Spirit. Brother Andrew mentioned this in this morning session, and he's, he's right on. Remember he talked about that help wanted sign? Then you and I ought to be familiar with that sign. Help wanted. It's a spiritually mature person who can acknowledge, I need help. Jesus spent three years, day and night, with a group of guys, and he said, look, I'm about to leave, but you boys need some help. And I'm not going to leave you without help. And that's when he began to introduce to them the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But he called him the helper. Why would he send the helper? Because you need help. Help. I need somebody. <laughs> right? Help. Not just anybody. You know, I need someone. Sorry, I grew up on the Beatles a little bit. Brother Andrew, the Beatles were a band. Four guys from England, of all places. Well, we'll talk about it later. But it's a spiritually mature person. It's a spiritually mature believer that acknowledges, I need help and acknowledges where our help comes from. It's childish. You realize that? It's absolutely 100% childish to say, I can do this without anybody's help. And as long as it's a kid saying that, it's cute. But it's not cute on you anymore. It's not cute in the ears of God, in the eyes of God. When he has offered help through his word and by his spirit and through his ministry gifts. And he's saying, hey, I want to help you. I want to help you succeed. I want to help you get over this sin, sickness, and disease. I want to help you get it all out of your life. I want to bless you beyond your wildest imagination. Would you let me help you? And you say, no, I can do this without anybody's help. I'm a big boy. <laughs> no, you're not. Mm-mm. It's a, it's a spiritually mature person that says, Jesus, I need your help. And I believe I receive it. So if casting our care is humility, then carrying our care is pride. Read on in this a minute. 
Verse 7 again, casting all your care on him for he cares for you. Don't disconnect the rest of this from what we've just seen. Be sober, which I know we've already talked about being drunk, but that just means be awake, be alert, be aware. Be vigilant, he said. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Don't disconnect that from what he's already said about casting your care. This is how the devil is eating people up through worry, anxiety, stress. Do you realize that these things that I just mentioned to you are responsible for most of the people that are in the hospital right now, there are chronic illnesses, chronic pain, and chronic things in the body that people have not been able to get rid of after years and years and years of medication, years and years and years of therapy, and hey, maybe even years and years and years of people laying hands on them in meetings just like this one, and still they can't get rid of it. Why? Because the root is what's going on in the soul. There may be things going on that have shown up physically in your body as symptoms of sickness and disease. And you think to yourself, I'm coming up there tonight. I'm getting hands laid on me. You know, maybe that'll get rid of it. But until you deal with that issue of care, anxiety, and worry that you're carrying around with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the stress that results from it, you could have everybody lay their hands on you, but until you address that, what you're dealing with physically is going nowhere. Am I being too plain? I'm doing my best Andrew Womack impression. Just plain as I can. I'm just not going to not going to dance around this at all. How many of you appreciate that about this ministry? My goodness. I have never listened to Brother Andrew walked out of one of his meetings and said, what do you think he meant by that? It's always clear. We've got to deal with this. We need to address this. There were things going on physically in my body just within the last 12 to 18 months. And here I am, faith boy, growing up faith, talking faith, reading faith, preaching faith. And I could not shake these things and some symptoms that started to show up. And I went before the Lord and I don't want to say desperation, but you understand what I mean. Lord, what is going on? I need to be able to address this with your word and I need to be able to address this with your word coming out of my, my mouth and, and my faith in your word and I need to be able to address it and see things change and it's not changing. What's going on? And through the help of my wife and the help of the Holy Spirit, he uncovered some things where I had let stress in in a way that I didn't even realize it. Just some very natural things. We moved out of our home and we were getting ready to move into another one that was going to be ready real soon. And so we moved in with my mom and dad for a week. <laughs> Seven months later, the house was ready. And you know what? Mom and dad, they were so gracious to have us, but they were 45 minutes to an hour from the kids' school. And so we're waking up 
real early, getting them ready. We hit the ground running and every day it was a race against the clock. And from where they were to where the kids' school was, there was just no way around it. You are going to cross at least two train tracks. And it was just a race against time every day. And no matter, it just seemed like no matter how fast you went, you got there and guess what? You're going to sit and you're going to wait. I feel like trains are the most antiquated part of our society. Somebody has got to come up with a way to get us around these things. But we would sit there and I would just beat on the steering wheel and look at my watch. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And then that was just the drive there. Then you got traffic. Four o'clock, five o'clock traffic to contend with every day coming back to the house. Not to mention the fact I'm a nearly 40-year-old man living in mom and dad's house. <laughs> they were great. They were gracious. It was fine. But they just, these things started getting to me. I let them get to me. I let them get to me. I'm going to say that again. That's important for where we're going tonight. I let them not just get to me, get in me. I let it get in me. And I don't know where it came from, but one morning on the way to school, Justice, our son, started singing a song that he had heard at school. He goes to a Christian school and they do a worship service once a week. And uh, it was a song that I remembered from when I was a teenager in youth group. So I pulled out my phone and looked it up and we, we all started singing this praise song. And now I'm not tapping on the steering wheel, you know, anxious. I'm, I'm drumming now. You know what I mean? I'm playing the drums and Justice is back there playing air guitar and we're all singing and play another one, Daddy. Okay, so we played another one and we worshiped and praised God all the way to school. And I think, man, somebody should tell folks, praising God makes a difference. <laughs> I got there and my attitude was good. I was, you know, pleasant. It absolutely changed the rest of that day. And I thought, really, Jeremy, how long has it taken you to realize you're going to have to start letting something else come out of you? Stop letting that get in you. Put something else in there and respond differently. But there was no way to fix any of the things going on in my body until I addressed what I was letting get in me. Amen, Brother Jeremy. Wow, this is awesome. Praise God. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So what do we do? Verse 9, resist him. That might be a novel thought to some folks, but that's what we're supposed to do. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brothers in the world, your brotherhood in the world. But may the God, verse 10, may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while. Now, don't, don't misunderstand what he's saying here. This is not suffering in the way many people have thought it meant suffering. You and I are in no way whatsoever called to suffer anything that Jesus bore for us on the cross. That is not our suffering. Sickness and disease is not our suffering. 
Poverty and lack is not our suffering. Depression, oppression of any kind is not our suffering. Distance from God, he suffered that from, for you. That's not your suffering. A disconnect from God's presence, that is not your suffering. And God would never put you through that because he put Jesus through it. You need to understand Jesus when, he, when he's fulfilling your, uh, excuse me, you need to understand when Jesus is fulfilling the role as your substitute and when he's fulfilling the role as your example. He suffered as our substitute. So what is the suffering we're called to? Well, it's right there in the verse before it. Resist the devil. Put this back in the context of everything we're talking about. Resisting the devil. Resisting what? Resisting worry. Resisting care. Resisting anxiety. Why would you have to resist it? Because baby, it's on its way. Right now. Care is coming. Have you found that out? Isn't it interesting that nobody had to teach you how to worry? You didn't have to go to class on it. Mom and dad never had to sit you down and teach you how to do it. Most of us, many people, just learn from watching them. And nobody had to teach them. So it's coming. Worry is coming. Anxiety is coming. Care is coming. But our job is to what? Resist it. Resist it. You, this is going to be revelation to you. Ready? Come on, we're about to party. Can you feel it? You don't have to worry. Okay, all right. Take a second. You don't have to. Your mind is your mind. And you don't have to think about anything you don't want to. You don't have to meditate on anything you choose not to. You don't have to worry. It's coming. Yeah. Anxiety's coming. Stress is coming. It's knocking on the door. But you have the option to resist it. Now, most folks, when they come and ask for prayer along these lines, they'll come and say, can you help me? I'm dealing with worry. But you know what? If they were honest, they'd probably say this. Not I'm dealing with it. I'm yielding to it. When most people say I'm dealing with worry, what they actually mean is I'm yielding to worry. I'm yielding to anxiety. I'm yielding to Satan. And he's eating me up. So instead of yielding to it, why don't you actually deal with it and deal with it with the word of God? Deal with it with the word and by faith. Watch this. Notice what's happening. While you're resisting, this is our suffering. And if you've ever resisted for any length of time, you know this is suffering to your flesh. There's nothing about resisting that your flesh likes or enjoys, but do it anyway, bless God. <laughs> While you're resisting, what's happening? The God of all grace is working. While you're resisting, he's at work. Don't read this like after you've suffered a while, God will do this for you. This is not God saying, you know, I would love to help, but you haven't suffered long enough yet. That's not what this is saying. These things are going on at the same time. While you're resisting, 
while that's going on, the God of all grace who has called you is at work in you. What's he doing? He is perfecting you. He is establishing you. He is strengthening you. He is settling you. Put that back up on the screen. First Peter 5 verse 10. May the God of all grace who called you. Somebody say, he called me. There is a call on your life. There is a call on my life. And what is your calling? It is simply what God calls you. This is what he calls you. I'm a minister. That's my calling, but I'm, I'm, I do that because that's what he calls me. I call you minister, he said. You got to be careful when God starts calling stuff. Stuff changes. You remember there back towards the beginning when he uh, said, light be? What happened? Light was. When he calls you something, this is what you are in his sight. May the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after we have, let me substitute this word, resisted a while, may he perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I'm going to say it again. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. The reason I'm saying this over and over is because most of us have no idea what we would look like perfected. We can't even fathom it, imagine it. But you need to start letting the Holy Ghost right now go to work in you, creating in you an image of what you look like perfected established, not wavering all over the place, not up one minute, down the next, not over here and over there, not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but established. You need to let the Holy Ghost go to work in you right now, showing you what you look like strengthened, not weak, strong, not failing, succeeding. And ask the Holy Spirit, show me what I look like settled. That might be a different you than you're used to. But if you invite him and allow the word of God to paint that kind of picture in you, you'll have something to press towards. You'll have something to walk towards. And really, honestly, you know what you look like perfected, strengthened, established and settled? Jesus. That's what you look like. Because as he is, so are we in this world. You look like him. And when you see him, the scripture says, you will be like him. You will see him as he is. Somebody say perfected. Established. Strengthened. Settled. Does that sound like somebody that Satan is yanking around with worry, stress, anxiety, and care? Perfected. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.